What's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, we talked a lot yesterday about Jalen Carter, and we will today because Seth Emerson's going to stop by in the 4 o'clock hour, Mike, and we'll get some more details. I think, you know, coming off of yesterday, and you said it was a, it was a heavy show yeah. because of the details and, and what is there. And Jalen has turned himself in, guys. He's doing everything he needs to do. He surrendered to police last night uh, in Athens, and then, you know, he was released, and this is what happens, and now he'll go through the legal process, Mike, and we'll see how this all shakes out. But we're going to talk to Courtney Cronin, who's coming up uh, in about 15 minutes. She covers the Bears for ESPN, but she's also one of the best NFL reporters out there. And the Bears' decision might affect our decision, meaning if they trade this pick, okay, which a lot of people are saying they're going to do, who moves up to get it? And more importantly, what do they give up? And then, Mike, how does that change the pecking order of what teams need? So the Bears right now are in the driver's seat. And we're going to see, and we'll talk to Courtney about this, but she also yesterday, when this whole Jalen Carter thing went down, got called off of mm-hmm. the combine and was like, well, you need to go figure out what's going on with this Jalen Carter story. So we'll ask her if she knows anything uh, from the Bears' point of view, Mike, because these teams are all right. watching and Jalen Carter, guys, again, if you don't go quarterback in the first three picks, you should be drafting Jalen Carter. That's how I feel. I mean, and I get it. Mm. I know a lot of people last night, we left the show, and you were asking me, you got to draft him. And I, I'm i still saying yes. I mean, if you're telling me, again, the Falcons are 6, 7, or 8, or whatever it might be, and you're telling me this kid is there, I, I got to draft him. That's just where I'm at right now. But I know mm. the optics for a lot of people, they're looking at this, and they're looking at it, and they're saying, I don't know if I would take the chance. You know, I think the thing that you and I were talking about, and look, the article that was, there's three articles out there yesterday from the AJC, and one of the things that you and I spoke about yesterday, a lot of dog fans got a lot of heat, some guys in the text line, I can't believe you're talking. Guys, you read the articles, and you draw your own conclusions, and one of the things that I was interested in, I mean, what I'd like to know, if I get a chance to talk to Jalen Carter, if I'm a team, did you actually see what happened and left that scene without calling 911, without going down that little hill to see if your if your teammates were, were really hurt bad. Well, I mean, look, I get it. It's flight, you know, it's it's like the fight or flight kind of thing where either you get engaged or you freak out and you're going, oh, my God, oh, my God, and you jet. And, again, we've all been there. But, you know, the the, the thing where you say, well, no, no, you, you're going to the NFL now and now you're a big boy, so I think you got to make big boy decisions even when you're a little zooted if he was in case, a little, little tuned up. That's the thing that will still – I would – Eat at me a little bit. I'd like to know more about that. And maybe we will get that story at some point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, he's got to cop to this, right? He's right. got he's got to own up to all of this. Whether it's a mistake, there's nothing you can do about it at this point. But you can own it and, and let people know, hey, I probably made a mistake that night. I get it. I would have been scared as hell, too. I mean, I don't care how old you are. You see your friend's car run off the road, and you're like, "What? what's going on? Uh, you know, it's just human nature. But right. – uh, the Jalen Carter story, we're going to try to move it forward today with, with uh, Courtney Cronin. Also, our buddy, he's big, he's, he's bald. bald, he's a mother wall. <laughs> Brad Guzan's going to join us at yeah. 240. Big match coming up this weekend after that incredible win at home. Mm. Uh, Atlanta United taking on Toronto. So we are going to get a chance to uh, talk with Brad coming up this hour as well. We want to hear from you guys. Follow us on social media. He's Mike Bell, A-T-L. I'm at Put Em Up, see Dukes, this radio show, Dukes and Bell 929, and follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on, guys. Facebook, Instagram, we're across all social media platforms. As the show starts today, literally Turtle just told me, and I did not see this, it just mm-hmm. literally happened, I think the Carolina Panthers put something out 20 minutes ago, uh, that Jerry Richardson passed away, Mike. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they, he was a, a guy that was a big part of that kind of old guard of NFL owners. And, uh, again, the, they had kind of like Jacksonville, the two franchises that came in in the mid-'90s had almost instant success. And he was a guy that ran a pretty good chip. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you probably remembered for what you do at the end of your life, not what you do at the beginning or the middle. And that was him obviously being a little untoward in the office and other things that came out. And he had, eventually had to sell that organization. That's how you get Tepper in the mix. Yeah. So, uh, longtime Carolina Panthers owner Jerry Richardson passing away. When we were up there, Mike, remember when we went to the game? Were they talking about a new stadium? Yes. Matter of fact, uh, some of the now this is where it got interesting. We were talking with fans in front of us and behind us that were season ticket holders. That's right. And they asked us about Mercedes Benz, and we we gave them basically the 101 on personal seat license. And they were fearing that because Tepper is basically saying, "I don't care what you had at the old stadium; you're starting from scratch on the new stadium." At least that was the initial message that season ticket holders got in Carolina, which dare. I say, did not endear them to Robert to uh, Mr. Tepper. So I don't know if he's going to slow the roll on that or maybe just make a certain portion of it PSLs, but that's the way stadiums get built these days. And people have never had to use them before like we did also go like a dog. Yeah. Well, and the, I think it was a son and dad, yeah, right? Yeah, father and son, and, and they've dad. had tickets since the mid-'90s when they launched. We'll see what happens. Listen, everybody wants a new city. We got the, we got a state-of-the-art stadium. That's not our issue, <laughs> okay? Yeah. we we got to get a better team. We don't need a new stadium right now. Yeah, and we'll talk about it in the NFL Blitz because there's more details now specifically about what Lamar Jackson wants and what he wants. I can't give if I'm the Falcons, by the way, for people that are still hung up on that trade. We'll get into that uh, detail, too. It's crazy because um, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to take a chance, which they should on Lamar Jackson. He's 26 years old. I mean, he's a stud. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. But to your point, if, in fact, these these reports are true, um, because, Mike, I I don't know. Here's the thing about these numbers, and this is something that, that I was talking about. You know, the 133 that came out last week, it's easy to say, well, we already have 133. Mm. There's so many details into these contracts, injury, um, you know, numbers, um, what, what these numbers exactly look like. And when a team does this and they say, well, we offered him this, there's a lot more to that guaranteed money and what it looks like than just the number. And that's part of this, right, when you mm-hmm. start saying, what does it really look like? Injury guarantees and all this kind of stuff. Stuff that the normal person doesn't look at. Football fans, we don't care. All we care about is they sign our guy. What's the number? How does it hurt us if it hurts us later in, in, in the thing as far as the contract? And then let's just play. Right. Like, that's all we care about. I, I don't care about the details of these contracts that really do matter as to how these guys get their money, Mike. Some of this stuff, workout bonus and all this stuff we talk about. These right. guys get millions of dollars for just showing up and working out. But as you said, the fans don't want to know about that. I mean, like, how many times did you and I have to explain why we were where we were with Matt and Julio and why Julio was part of the issue, even though Matt was the guy that everybody blamed? I mean, geez, we probably had that conversation 50 times. Easy. You know, and it's just the, the salary cap is the one part, I think, of the NFL. And uh, unless you are the ultimate, like, you know, accounting guy and – it's hard to get a lot of details that make sense to the common fans. Just like the NBA, we talk about the bird exemption and all the different rules the NBA has, which makes your head spinning. So now the question is, how do the Falcons spend this money the right way judiciously? Because we have a lot of needs, but it's amazing, as you and I brought up yesterday, how quickly all that coin will go if you get the biggest and the best players at the positions you need. Yeah, that's why these long-term deals help you with the salary cap. I mean – it's still spaced out. You're talking about the guaranteed money. And for most of these contracts, it's going to be the first three years of the deal. You see five. He got six years, 100. It's not six years. 
Guys, nobody gets to six years. So that's the deal, the guaranteed money in that short period of time. We're going to talk about the Falcons coming up. Uh, Courtney Cronin's going to join us, ESPN Bears reporter, NFL reporter here coming up. Also, headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. You were talking about this real quick as we uh, will talk more spring training with the Braves as well. So you're liking this pitch clock. Now, again, real quick, got to bed late, la- I mean, early last night, which means I woke up early and I'm like flipping around like a zombie and psh, I get on MLB. I know, Chris, you'll make fun of me. Watching the Rangers and the Dodgers. Where, I don't even know where the game's been. I presume they're all in Arizona, right? Dodgers moved out west. Watching this and I'm like, it reminded me of the baseball I watched as a kid. Ball comes back to the pitcher, pitcher toes the rubber, ball is thrown. And I was counting like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. On average, for the three or four bats I watched, it was 11 to 12 seconds between pitches. It's not bad. And if that keeps up, then I'm all for it. Yeah. It's 15 seconds total that mm-hmm. you have to deliver the ball. And listen, guys, games aren't going to end in ties. What they're doing in spring training is getting guys used to it. Right. They're getting players used to it. They're getting managers used to it. All the stuff you're seeing, baseball, it would hurt baseball if we start ending games in ties and not finishing games. But they want to know, hey, these are the rules, and this is how it's going to work when the regular season starts. And if I heard Andy Randy correct, somebody at Elias already looked at spring training games from last year to this year. That's a very small sample size, but games are faster so far in the games they're competing in. Coming up, what if? What if some players are there that we don't expect to be there because the moves that the Bears potentially make at the number one pick? We're going to talk with Courtney Cronin coming up next on Sports Radio. It is Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yesterday, we were supposed to talk to Courtney Cronin, and literally, she got reassigned, uh, and things changed when this whole Jalen Carter story broke, which was crazy for everybody. Uh, Chicago Bears reporter uh, for ESPN. She's also an ESPN radio host. Um, And Courtney, thank you for joining us. I'm curious, as you pivoted yesterday, and and teams were talking about this whole Jalen Carter situation, because he is such a big prospect, what were you hearing from teams, and specifically the Bears, who have the number one pick, because... You know, you have to assume that they're interested, and does this change anything for them? Yeah, I think it's still probably too early to tell, like, how this is going to affect the draft board for all 32 teams, and especially those teams that might be interested in Jalen Carter, because we don't know outside of him going to Athens yesterday, turning himself in, being in jail for like five seconds, and then getting, you know, bonding himself out like and being released now he's back here in Indianapolis to complete his interviews with teams and do his measurements and you know height weight all of that stuff we don't know if that's really going to affect how teams view him until we know more about like the the charges at place and what other information may or may not come out about this but the one thing I had heard you know throughout yesterday and you know well into late last night was that a lot of teams had no idea that this this arrest warrant was coming, and I'm curious to know if Jalen Carter did because, you know, from from what I had heard that you know some of the people representing him were unaware that this was going to get dropped when it did yesterday morning around ten thirty ten o'clock when he was supposed to speak at ten thirty and. You know, frankly, it worked out well for him that it happened before he got to the podium because that would have been, you know, an absolute mess had he gotten up there and this news comes out. So, I mean, it, there's still a lot of ambiguity around this. And I would imagine by the time his pro day comes around in a month, he'll, um, you know, if he, if he chooses to talk then, it's probably because things are more sorted out. He's probably more confident about, you know, his name either being, you know, uh, not associated with this situation anymore or getting the assurance from teams that they're still interested in him at that at one of those top spots in spite of 
what he'd been charged with. And in light of uh, still waiting, maybe more information comes out, Courtney, but based on what we have now, how does a guy like Ryan Poles, who's the Bears GM, feel about something like that? How would Bears fans feel about something like that? Would it uh, would it resonate, or they say, give me that guy because he's a stud? You know, that's the tough part of the NFL. It's kind of the slimy part of the business where, oh, it's only two misdemeanors. Like, you know, what, you're, what you end up getting charged with, and, you know, there's a warrant out for your arrest. If you're a good player, you know, frankly, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter most times where you've seen, I mean, look at like the, the situation with Laramie Tunzel. Granted, yeah. they were on the clock when, when that whole thing um, with, the, with the gas mask <laughs> right. thing popped off. They didn't have time to teams did not have time in the moment for, you know, that stuff to, to kind of do their due diligence and go through the vetting process. The fortunate thing for the bears is that time's on their side and now they can go through and vet the situation with Carter, speak with him again, multiple times, try to get more information on whether he is a fit here. Because I think, you know, the hard thing for them is they met with him on Monday and this thing came about yesterday and he, you know, immediately leaves town to go turn himself in and, and, you know, do what was, you know, required of him with this arrest warrant. And I'm sure there's a lot of questions that remain for Chicago and any other team that's interested in him. You heard yesterday Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Carolina Panthers, saying that they had no clue when they had talked to him on Tuesday that this was happening. So I, I tend to think this is not like a situation like this doesn't rule him out. Uh, by any stretch for being a potential prospect of the Bears. They just, they're going to have to do more information because it was pretty jarring yesterday, to say the least, when this stuff came out. No doubt. Courtney Cronin joining us, guys. Again, ESPN reporter, ESPN radio host. Uh, she covers the Bears. She used to cover the Vikings. She does an amazing job. All right, so Ryan Poles. I've talked to some people around the league. He's not crazy, is he? He's not going to trade Justin Fields, is he? I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, he knows that he'll have an opportunity. Like if, if Fields is not the guy and if he, you know, this thing could go one of two ways. Like you give him another year and you put pieces around him and he excels as a passer in ways that you have said you need to see in order to know he's your franchise quarterback or he doesn't succeed. Like it goes one of two ways. And frankly, I think Ryan Poles is in a, perfect spot if you trade the number one pick and you get an additional pick in 2024 if Fields is not the guy and you know that after this year then you can more or less pull the plug on that experiment and go find your guy next year because they'll probably be drafting in a similar spot Mm -hmm. and be in a place where they can have another bite at the apple next year instead of doing it too prematurely because the worst thing you'd want to do is trade him then he becomes a top 10 quarterback for another team especially since we don't know how any of these quarterback prospects are going to play out, no matter how high they're rated, because they haven't played a snap of NFL football. And that, I think, is the important thing to, to note here, where you know there were questions about Justin Fields and what he was going to excel at and not do very well at coming out of college. Those questions are still there for guys like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. We just won't be able to answer them accurately until they're in the NFL. It is uh, Courtney Cronin, guys. Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter for our Bears fans living in the greater Atlanta area because we know there's plenty of them. They filled up Mercedes-Benz, God knows. Uh, Courtney, what about Fields? And we've talked about it because if the Bears shopped him, there'd be a ton of folks, me included, be interested. We felt that Nagy, I don't know, I, I thought it would have gone better than they bring a defensive head coach in. Uh, the, the offensive line, I don't have to tell you, isn't all that great. Uh, they bring in Chase Claypool. I mean, does he have the weapons? And why, is he so, why do you think he's been so inconsistent early in his career? 
No, he doesn't have the weapons. And, I mean, the Claypool trade is one right now that doesn't look so great because the Bears sent their own second-round pick to to the Steelers, and they don't have a pick now until 54 when they – that's the Baltimore pick they got in the Roquan Smith trade. So there's a big gap between 1 and 54 where, you know, the draft board currently stands. So I, uh, I, I know that there's a lot that is, you know, left to be desired with this team – he doesn't have the pieces around him now, and the defense doesn't have the pieces. Like they're looking for an entire new pass rush, and they need it. And they need, you know, help at linebacker. They need help at cornerback at the nickel spot. There's that's you know addressing those needs is more or less putting pieces around Justin Fields because you're trying to make the roster better so he can perform. But there were moments where you're, where you do question, okay, like it is it's not a regression by any stretch, but you do think, okay, have has he reached his ceiling? But then you, then he makes these incredible splash plays that lead you to believe, okay, there's still so much more potential for him to uncover because he is such a, you know, talented athletic specimen uh, playing the quarterback's position. And I, I really feel like he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be. And that's the vibe I get from a lot of people in the Bears building. And on top of it, he's got the leadership qualities. I know that's it's not, it's not a small part of like what you do here in playing the quarterback spot because there's, you know, to, to, to have somebody who's a universal, like universally loved by this locker room, that's kind of a rare feat, especially when you have like defensive players vouching so hard for their, for their quarterback. So he's got that, but that's, that's the thing that like nobody can argue. Like he is the guy there. I just think that there's, steps he needs to take to prove he can be the franchise guy in terms of quarterback. Courtney, what's uh, what's the relationship with Poles and Kevin Warren, the new president there? Warren brings a lot of clout right into the building, you know, ran the Big Ten. He was with the Vikings. I'm sure you guys knew each other back when he was doing that. What do you think about the move and how he wants to influence this franchise? Yeah, I mean, Kevin Warren is a game changer. Everywhere he's been, he's inspired a lot of change and affected change almost immediately. So, Curious to see what his first move is going to be with the stadium since they just closed on the land two weeks ago. They will have a chance to, you know, start showing their plans more than what we've seen kind of from the initial look uh, for the stadium project and then the, you know, community around it. So I, I think, I think Ryan Poles is in a good spot because last year they pivoted and had Poles reporting to George McCaskey, who's the chairman of the bears. And he, you know, has, said multiple times he's just a fan like he's not a football mind and I look at that situation knowing that you know he's going to be reporting to somebody in Kevin Warren who does have the football operations background who does you know understand the salary cap understands you know selecting players is that his primary focus in Chicago absolutely not but it's good to have more voices and more eyes on the product when you're trying to make it better and I think that that's probably what the bottom line is going to be for Kevin Warren in helping Ryan Poles, helping the Bears, you know, become a, you know, a, a steady franchise there where, you know, consistency is something that's not, uh, you know, not out of the equation. It is uh, Courtney Cronin with us, guys. Bears reporter at ESPN, also here on ESPN Radio, joins us on Dukes and Bell. Courtney, I know today, big buzz because, again, if the Bears were to pull something with Fields and they selected Bryce Young, everybody's looking at his measurables. And now the, the world is so nasty on Twitter. The memes are flying. They've got him in, like, toy cars and all sorts of stuff. What, what are we hearing about this guy? Because Kyler Murray went to the same thing. There's a magic height you have to be at. Otherwise, apparently, you can't play in the NFL. Yeah, and it's tough because – the durability concerns, I think, are are valid for for that position more than more than others. And you know, 
he is 5'10-ish. Uh, maybe he'll check in above 200 pounds. Maybe that'll get people to be quiet about it. But we're going to be debating his durability and his size until we see if it's going to affect him in a game or not. So I I know tomorrow will be really interesting when Bryce Young talks about how how he, like, you know, has any of that stuff ever, like, been an issue for him and how he's been able to overcompensate in his mind you know, for his height, weight, anything like that. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as maybe it's being made right now. But we'll see because he's widely expected to be the number one quarterback in this class. And I do imagine he will remain the top quarterback expected to go either number one overall or the top quarterback taken off the board, period, if the Bears stay at number one and don't draft a quarterback. I want to take you back to your former life covering the Vikings. I'm just curious. I've never been a big believer in Kirk Cousins. What do you think of Kirk Cousins? Do you think he's a guy yeah. that, could, that, that could ultimately take them over the top? I don't know if they stay the course with him or not, but I know you covered that team as well. I, I don't. I think that you've seen the best of what you're going to get from Kirk, which is somebody who can lead you to a 13-3 and record, but you don't have you know, the ability around him. And you know that's, that's what would worry me if I was a Vikings fan, knowing how many – like think about how much – like where the resources are locked up in their roster, you know, on the offense, Dalvin Cook has a humongous salary cap hit this year. Adam Thielen has an expensive contract. Justin Jefferson needs to get paid. Brian O'Neill is one of the highest paid right tackles in the NFL. Like, there's a lot of resources and, you know, money, not enough money to go around. So I think they're going to end up taking, you know, a considerable portion of this roster and either cutting it or, you know, moving guys around so they can't, like, you know, hamstring themselves to – to players that they want to keep because of their finances. But I I think Kirk's got one or two, one probably more contract in him, maybe three or four years, maybe fully guaranteed. Who knows? Like he's not going to sign another one of these short-term deals. I don't see that happening for him as he goes into the 2023 off season. And, you know, frankly, he owns a lot of leverage here because of what he did during, you know, a you know portion of the year of the year, which was a career year for him and how he's able to, you know, build upon that, but I don't think you're going to build upon it. And all of a sudden he's going to like be the guy who leads you to a Super Bowl. Like to me, this is what Kirk Cousins is. He's a very good, not elite quarterback, but he can get you where he needs to go as long as the pieces are right around it. But even when they are right around him, this team still has a ceiling as currently constructed. Yeah. That defense ain't special. Packers going to uh, stick with Aaron Rodgers? Or check that. Is Aaron Rodgers going to stick with the Packers? You know, I think, as much as we've heard like about the divorce potentially and like wanting to split up and have different, you know, just do something different with Jordan Love and Brian Gutekun saying that Jordan Love is absolutely ready to be the starter when he talked uh, at the Combine this week, I still see a scenario where Rodgers returns to Green Bay. He's got $58 million fully guaranteed this year, 58 million reasons to stay in Green Bay and then move on next year. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Courtney. Continued success, great work, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what happens here at the Combine in the next uh, few days. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, guys. Cool. Courtney Cronin, guys, talking about the Bears, Justin Fields. I hope you heard what she said about leadership and how he's loved in the locker room. It's very important at that position. Think about Wentz and his situation. Right. Everybody hated him in the Eagles. Think about Jalen Hurts now with the Eagles. They love him. It think matters. Of, think about best. Never mind. It matters. Coming up, Brad Guzan's going to join us next. Talk about Atlanta United. They got another big match coming up against Toronto on Saturday. It's Dukes and Bell.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's talk atlanta united mike bell first match of the season was absolutely pandemonium and uh, our man joins us. He's the goalie of our Atlanta United club, guys. Brad Guzan. He's big. He's bald. He's, He's a mother-, mother. Wall. Brad Guzan. Uh, that first match, man, and we're going to talk about Toronto, but we just got to go back for a minute. Like, wow, right? The way to start the season? For sure. For sure. I mean, it, you know, it was it was pandemonium, as you, as you described it. It was crazy. It was, uh, you know, the atmosphere was fantastic, but – to cap it off the way we did, to, to score the goals that we did. Um, you know, obviously, Thiago, fantastic, you know, two fantastic goals. Um, you know, I, you couldn't have asked for a better finish. Uh, you know, obviously, next time, I think we all would have liked those goals to come a bit sooner, um, but better late than never. And so to be able to, to come away with three points in the first game at home in front of, you know, 65,000 plus, uh, it was a fantastic night. And Brad, you've been here from the uh, from the start. I mean, obviously mid season of the start, but you've been the big part of the championship and everything else. And I thought it was interesting to hear you very demonstrably saying, "Last year is last year. This is a clean slate. New GM, new outlook on this team." And and you feel strongly about that, don't you? No, for sure, for sure. It's you know we we all understand what what's what's happened in the past is is in the past. You know, and it's our job as players. It's our job as as this group of of this year. To, to change the narrative, to, to give the, the hope and the belief to, to the supporters and the fans um, that we can go out and, and compete and, and get back to winning ways and, and be a successful club and, and fighting for trophies. And it's, that's, that's our job, right? And so we understand that as players. Um, and at the same time, we want to be compared to the, the, the here and now. And, and I think, um, you know, this group has a, a fresh look to it. This group has – 
uh, a hunger to it that that maybe we haven't seen for for some time. Um, and and I think we're you know we're we're hungry for that success. We're hungry for for that winning mentality. And you know, as I mentioned after the game, some somebody had um, you know one one of the guys had had talked about you know listen, there's no reason why we all can't have the 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 best career uh, or the best year of our career. And if we do that, then then success will follow, right? And there that that's what we're striving for every day is is to be the best every day, whether whether it be in training or in games. Uh, we want to get back to those winning ways. What did you see? Because um, you see it every day at, 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 in training. But what did you see with Miles in his first game back? Right. I mean, he looks good. We haven't had a chance to talk with him, but. What did you notice uh, about his his game as far as where he's at physically? I know both of you are working back from those injuries, and again, you look great uh, as well. So, how do you rate that? I mean, how do you look at that? Are you completely past it, or well, where's it at right now? How would you how would you state it? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, whenever you have a serious long term injury, right, it, the the rehab process and how you get back onto the field, and then once you're on the field, like getting back into those game situations and and what those feelings are like and what you're seeing and reading and how you're reacting. And I mean, those things all happen within like a millisecond of, of in, in game situations and in game scenarios. And so, um, you know, to see him out there doing what he does, running down strikers, running down wingers, uh, putting blocks in, winning balls in the air. I mean, that's, 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 that's standard miles, you know, and, and we've, we've come to uh, almost take that for granted. And, and I think when you look at, you know, last year a little bit, you know, not to, to go back, but, you know, to see the, the, what he brings to the group and what he, um, what he adds in terms of value on the field and what he's able to do as a defender, it's massive for us. And so, you know, when I, you know, I, I look at him, we, we have a little smile before the game. We have a, a hug and we kind of say to each other, Hey, we're, we're back, we're back, baby. Nice. Um, and so to, to have that moment with him, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, I, I think we both have have put that, you know, this, this Achilles injury behind us. Um, and it's a matter of now sharpening our tools, sharpening, you know, our, our trade in terms of on the field production. And, and that's just going to continue to, to grow and, and get better with, with games. It is Brad Guzan with us, guys. Our goalkeeper, of course, zillions of appearances for the U.S. men's national team here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Uh, we've talked about the business model that started with Darren Eels, guys like Miggy, and then eventually you, you move them on. And right now, I mean, it's just one game. And last year he came in with, you know, with some there were some issues in that locker room, and now it looks like he can have more opportunities to score. Talking about Tiago Almada, Carl talked about the amazing finish. How electric is he to watch? I mean, is he that good at practice? Is he always this just amazing? Yeah, I mean, when you when you the word I would use is silky, right? When you see him on the ball in training, his ability to get on the ball and just kind of elude defenders and one touch here, one touch there, and just get away from guys. He looks like he's not really running with the ball; that he's just gliding with the ball. Um, and so I think when you when you see him do that day in and day out, it's it's pretty special. And then to to see it come to fruition, you see it happen in a match day. Uh, the way it did happen, obviously, um, on the weekend, it. Uh, it makes it that much more magical and, and special. And so we know he's got the talent. We know uh, there's a, a lot of eyes on him. Uh, and I think he understands that this year. Um, but, you know, for, for us to, to have a, a good year going forward, he's a, he's a big piece of, of what we're trying to do. And so, um, you know, it's, 
it's it's a good thing he, you know he's wearing the same jersey as as us and, and we're excited that you know it's going to be a big year for him going forward. Brad Guzan joining us here on the waitforward.com hotline big match against Toronto. Before we get there, have you seen Yorgos Yakamakis? How, how does he look? Have you had a chance to see him? I've 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 seen him. I've spoken to him. Uh you know obviously he's been around the group and whatnot. Uh the whole visa situation uh you know we we understand is is taking a, a bit of time, um, but all in, in due process. And, you know, from what he says, you know, he feels he feels good um, and, and, and feels ready to, to jump in with the group uh, when, when allowed. And so, um, you know, we're excited for him to, to join us and, and get this paperwork situation by, mm. behind him and, and behind all of us. But, um, you know, we know that he, again, is going to be a, a big piece going forward and, um, so the quicker we can get him into the group and, and acclimated with everybody, I, I think it's only going to be beneficial for, for all of us at the club. How important is it this guy's got big-time experience, you know, playing in the Scottish League and you played over in the U.K.? I mean, it seems like he'd be, he'd be ready for MLS. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when you, when you speak to him and, and you have conversations with him, um, you know, he's, he's, not phased, he's not phased by the, um, the, the outside noise, you know, good or bad. He, he's hungry for goals. He's hungry for – um, success in terms of the, the the team and the club, and and that's what you want. You, you especially as your as your striker, you you want someone that's that's going to have that. Uh, I wouldn't say cockiness, but they have that confidence and that arrogance uh, about themselves. And so, um, you know that that part's always encouraging. Um, but uh, like I said, we're we're excited to to hopefully get him on the field sooner than later. So let's talk about Toronto. What do you know? Uh, what do you expect on Saturday? Pre-game, by the way, 7 o'clock, kicks at 7.30 on Star. Um, what, what do you know about him? Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, you know, we, you, you watch film, you watch video. Um, you know, they've, they've got a few new pieces to their team. Um, you know, they're going to be hungry for, for, for results come, come the weekend, especially coming off of their game. Um, you know, last weekend and, and to lose the way they did. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's, it's going to be another challenge. You know, we're, we're, of course, looking at them, but, but I think more so we're looking at ourselves. And, and we want to continue to fine-tune things on our side of the ball. Um, you know, but we know that, you know, they've, they've got talented players, especially their, their attacking players, um, you know, their wingers. Uh, they've, they've got good guys that are individually, they, they have – um, uh, a lot of talent, right? But at the same time, um, you know, we know that uh, it's it's about us, and and we want to continue to to move the needle for us and and push ourselves in in ways that we've been working on throughout the the preseason. Um, being at game two, being at home, you know, listen, we we want to go out there for three points. Right. I know you get your own special kit because, you know, you're the goalkeeper. you got to look different than the other guys. But maybe it's the uniform. Of course, of course. We went retro. Maybe that's going to bring us some heat this year, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I, th- I think everyone's been pleased with the, the new tops, the new, the new jerseys. Uh, the, the, the guys look fantastic. Obviously, myself, you know, looking good as as always, right? Um, but uh, no, nah, it's, uh, it's, it's been good. And, and yeah, so uh, as long as they're bringing us goals, that's that's right. the most important thing. Right on. I, I like the post game, Brad. By the way, the one yeah. that says you're going to piss me off. Yeah, <laughs> Brad came in hot. This ain't no twenty two. Hey, come on now, come on now, come on now. No, listen. It, it's in those in those moments. You know, I, I think it's 
you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in, in post game comments and this and that, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's our job as players and we understand this. We understand the responsibility that comes with being a professional soccer player for Atlanta United, you know, and, and we understand what it's about. And at the same time, you know, we want to be, we want to be talked about in, in the present and in the now and, um, you know the the success that we had in in 18 fantastic it was great but that's that's behind us and we got to be looking forward we've got to be moving forward looking forward and and that's what we want great stuff man good luck on uh saturday you know we'll be watching and cheering you guys on thanks for stopping by brad appreciate you as always always a pleasure guys have a good one you too brad gazan here on sports radio 92.9 the game all right we got plenty more to dive into nfl blitz is on the way Mike McCarthy talking about the differences that he has between what he will do and what Kellen Moore did when he was the Cowboys OC. Also, Mike mentioned this. The memes are ruthless, (laughs) and I'm not quite understanding why. We'll talk about it coming up next.